0: This was very, very scary. It was an eye-opener. And if I don't fulfill my own dreams and desires now, you never know when God says it's time to come home.
1: Welcome to Jefferson Parish Pulse, powered by JEDCO, a podcast designed to showcase the businesses, organizations, and individuals that make up the heartbeat of the Jefferson Parish economy. I'm Kelsey Scram. We continue to feature our borrowers this season. These are the small businesses that have used Jedco's loan programs to start up, grow, expand, renovate and achieve the next level of success in Jefferson Parish and beyond. This week, we feature an interview with Jahida Lewis Crawford, owner of the law office of Lewis Crawford. Jehida is an attorney with a mission to positively impact and support the people in her community. Growing up, she looked to family role models who helped shape her desire to work in the criminal justice system. And after many years of working for a law office, Jehida decided to open her own business and JEDCO loaned her the money to help make it happen. As with the last few episodes, we've invited Jennifer Laparous, JEDCO's amazing director of finance, to fill us in on the details of this project. So the law
2: offices of Lewis Crawford, um, this was, that was a JEDCO loan. And I can still remember the first meeting that I had with um, Jahida, and she was sitting in her conference room with her mom. And um, as, as soon as you meet her, and if anyone has the, is fortunate enough to meet her, she just, her energy and her smile <laughs> and her excitement for life fills up the entire room. I mean, it's like you get a charge as, as soon as you're around her um and so you know when she kind of told me her story and what she was there for and she brought her mom cuz her mom's her best friend um i was i was bound and determined to get that Grow loan done for her um and that was probably 2 years ago so i would say that that is certainly a Grow loan program success story
1: thank you so much jennifer you will hear how Jennifer's team helped bring this project and many others to life throughout the season. Today, Jahida has a staff of nine with plans to grow and many clients who know they can count on her and her team long-term. In addition to running her own business, Jahida is also a mother of two. In today's interview, Jahida and I talk about how she juggles work and family, how her tremendous faith guides her decisions, the traumatic medical situation that drove her to launch her own business, and her goals for the future. It was such a joy to hear Jahida's story. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Jahida, thank you so, so much for joining us today and for being on the show. I am so excited to have you.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we are uh, We're just going
1: to dive right in because I have about a million questions for you. I'm just so excited to be able to chat with you. And I know you have such an interesting story and life, and I just want to hear about it all. So okay. um, let's dive in first. You are the founder and the owner of the law office of
0: Lewis Crawford. So can you tell us a little bit about the company? Um, so I am located in Kenner, Kenner, Louisiana, where I am born and raised. Um, so I have deep roots. Um, my firm as a whole, we are general practice. So we handle car accidents, workers come, divorce, custody, child support, traffic tickets. Um, I say solve criminal because, you know, I don't handle murders or rapes or anything like that. Um, some bankruptcy and to an extent some social security as well. Perfect. And when, when was the
1: company founded?
0: So I officially like filed with the Secretary of State February of 2018. The actual opening day um, was June 30th of 2018.
1: Before we go a little bit further into you and and your story, um, I I read your bio on your website. I saw that you're the granddaughter of a constable and a justice of peace. It seems like interest in law runs in the family. Can you talk a little yes. bit about
0: that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my grandfather is the constable in Kenner. There are two constables in the city of Kenner. Um, and my father is the Justice of the Peace. There are two justices of the Peace. My dad, Roscoe William Lewis Sr. Um, and Kevin Um, uh, My dad is more or less your Justice of the Peace for the South Side of Kenner. And my grandfather is, which is Charles Wilson Sr. He is my father's constable. Um, Let's see, I have uncles that are air marshals. I have an uncle that is, I wanna, and Lord Jesus, I hope you don't kill me, Cory. Um, my uncle, I wanna say Lieutenant, but it might be Sergeant with JPSO. So, so um, I think being community relations, giving back to the community has always just been a passion of my families. Um, when you go down Jefferson Highway and you get into Kenner, it is named Reverend Richard Wilson Drive. That's named after my great grandfather. Um, my mom, she works for Jefferson Parish, uh, the first time home buyers program in the parish. Okay. Um, so yes, giving back to the community and being that voice um, has just been engraved in us for forever, I guess. Yeah, it just
1: runs in your blood. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So did you always know that you wanted to be an attorney? What, what kind of drew you to this work?
0: Um, I have always known since I was a child that I wanted to be a judge. And in order to be a judge, I knew I had to be an attorney. So most kids kind of change their, when I grow up, what I want to be. You know, you go from nurse to doctor. I have always stuck with the same thing. And I think that was just more or less the community that I was raised in. That's
1: amazing. And you're so right. I feel like I had like 300 different jobs that I wanted to be as a child growing up. I love that Uh you just knew, you've known all your life. That's amazing.
0: Yes. Did you you always know that you wanted to be a business owner too? Or was that that Um, something a little different? I've been a leader my entire life. So the folks who personally know me, I mean, I went to Meisler. So if well even before that if you went to Harold keller elementary school with me i was student council officer went to Myler with me i i want to say i started out sixth grade as a rep seventh grade as a treasurer and then from eighth grade until 12th grade those who went from Myler to grace king i have been your student um class president um so being a leader uh, a go-getter an achiever has always been um a part of my fabric um And it just so happened that like during life, (laughs) I was working for one firm law office of Miguel Elias. I had been with him for 10 and a half years. And again, you all have a passion. And I remember what I said earlier that I wanted to be a judge. The roots of my family are just very deep Mm -hmm. in giving back. So certain things, and I know, I think you're going to ask me probably something about that later. Um, But nonetheless, being my own boss, I guess you can say has always been a part of me because I've always been a natural born leader. That's amazing. And I think that I love that you sort of say like everybody who
1: knows you knows that this is something that you would do. So it's probably not a surprise <laughs> yes. to like anyone in your family that you're running a business.
0: <laughs> right. People um, in my family, people who have gone to school with me, my friends, e- literally, if you know me and you've had a relationship with me, it's just a part of my fabric it is who i am
1: that is amazing and so that that i i think i want to sort of jump into talking about starting that business and and coming to jedco for a loan so
0: mm-hmm.
1: um you came to jedco and that's that's how you funded your business can you can you right. talk a little bit about how you found us and what your experience was like with us
0: okay so this might take a little minute so let, let me explain i have a current three-year-old so three years ago gave birth to him um, i went into cardiac arrest oh my god um with going into cardiac arrest um again i had been working for my previous employer for ten and a half years so um i was like okay god i understand i am very loyal and dedicated sometimes to a fault um but But nonetheless, there was no need for me to really want to leave my other firm. I had desires to probably want to open up my own practice, but I hadn't acted upon them. So um, when I went into cardiac arrest, and thank God I survived, um, I was like, okay, God, I definitely hear you. I think God knew that he had to do something drastic in my life in order for me to move on. So after that, um, I kind of went to my mom. And I was like, you know, this was very, very scary. It was an eye opener. And if I don't fulfill my own dreams and desires now, you never know when God says it's time to come home. So I had just been researching and researching. And I'm like, man, like, how in the world are you able to like start a business? There were some ex-employees of my previous firm who kind of started their own. And they told me the path that they took. But I was like, there has to be another way. Um, so my mom, again, she works for Jefferson Parish. She was like, I think that the parish offers small business loans or um, an opportunity to kind of get you set to open up your own business. And she was like, I'm going to look into it and you look into it. So we're both Googling and searching. Then we find Jetco, And I was like, OK, whew, that's a lot of paperwork, but I'm going to do it. Because it remember, I was just <laughs> <Yes. laughs> so I was just like, okay, God, like literally, I filled out all of the paperwork, um, understood the requirements. Uh, I fell in love with Jennifer Lappers, and I'm hopefully Jen. I pronounced the last name correctly. Got it. But Got it. I fell in love with her, um, and that is because she took her time explaining the intricate details. Um. I came up with my business plan again i had the help of my mom the support of my dad and my siblings um and we kind of walked through it Uh, i was doing very well at the firm that i was currently at so um there were uh some numbers i.e financial requirements that you had to make sure you had on your end in order to meet the financial opportunity that Jetco was going to offer you. So I was like, okay, if it is, if this isn't meant for me, God, I am going to get this loan. Personally, when I first went through it, I did not understand that you had to go before the board, like that Jennifer would have to present my idea, um, my financial statement, or what I perceive my financial future would be in order for the board to approve or deny. And just kind of speaking out of terms right quick, That in itself scared me. Generally, you know, stepping out on your own scared you, scares anybody. But for me, it was deeper than that. And that was, I am a black female. Mm -hmm. And I am a black female in Jefferson Parish. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, sometimes we don't want to get off on that whole color issue and that there's a problem and it exists. It scared the hell out of me. Excuse my French. No, Because I was like... um, How will they extend funds to this black girl? Why, why me? Um, Being black in America period is difficult, okay? You have to be 10 times better, 10 times smarter, work 10 times harder. Mm -hmm. So I had always knew and that's what was ingrained in me. So again, knowing that I had to go before a board, not me personally, but Jennifer had to share a story Um, before strangers not me myself all I could do was pray Mm -hmm. and hope that through Jennifer they would see my vision understand my passion um, and understand that it was me embarking upon a journey as a young black female future which is now present um, minority owner business owner and um, came to pass that, you know, they approved me and I was just so thankful. I was so grateful. Um, I, I Again, I understood where my blessings came from. And I knew that God used Jennifer as a vessel to help me achieve uh, a part of me that I had been yearning for clearly. I'm so amazed by your
1: faith. And I think that's such a good mentality to have when you're, you know, going into something like this where it's scary and it's out of your comfort zone to just sort of lean into your faith. But then I also really appreciate that you have shared some of your concerns being a a young Black woman in America trying to start her own business. We do know that there are challenges there um, with minority-owned businesses. And, you know, we we hear you. We hear other... Mm -hmm. Other business owners, just like you, you know, Jedco finances a lot of minority owned businesses. It is a goal of ours to make sure that we are providing opportunities for everybody. I'm not surprised that they would approve your loan knowing the passion that's there. And of course I also do want to mention Jennifer incredible advocate. She's just, she's really very good at what she does. And she gets very invested in every project, which is just something that's Uh really special. And you don't always find that. And so, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, I, I just, your entire story is just Fantastic! I'm so I'm so so glad that you shared that with us. Thank you. Thank you, and that you came to Jedco. I mean, we we love love these kinds of stories, and and we love supporting businesses like yours. So that is wonderful. Um, And you mentioned your mom, and Jennifer told me that we were talking about your your kind of story before um, this interview, and she told me that your mom came with you to yeah. to get the loan. So what was I mean talk to me about that. You you're like mom, you're my biggest advocate. Come on, let's
0: go. Right. So <laughs> I am the oldest of four, okay? Um all of my siblings and myself were for the most part successful. Um with that being said, my parents have been married for 38 years. Uh this past February I made mean, 38 years. We are very close. We are each other's biggest fans, best friends, supporters. Um, We were raised where we literally are all we have. Like, yeah, you might think you have friends, but your siblings are like, those are your best friends. My best friends include my mother and my sister. So... For my mom to come, for me, it was normal. For the rest of the world, for some of my um, associates, some of my friends, a lot of people in the community, when they interact with my family, they are in shock. They don't come from a Mm -hmm. close-knit relationship with their family. And when they see how close we are um, and that everything's just natural. Um, I mean, literally we can argue for five minutes, but look, we're going to ride or die within 20, 20 minutes of that. Okay. So for me, again, my mom has always been there. My dad has always been there. My siblings have always been there. I wouldn't, I would not know what to do if I didn't have them. So if my mom wasn't there, that would not have been natural.
1: You get this loan approved. Now you can start the business with this money Um, what does it mean to you to, to be a business owner and to have this, this dream? I mean, and this is not a crazy story, but I mean, the story that you just shared with us is, you know, you had this really scary thing happen. You decide to go pursue your dreams. You get the loan. Now you're opening a business. What What does that mean to you? What does that, what does that mean to you?
0: So let me let me let me say this. Um, to get the loan is one thing, right? Jefferson Parish is really big. Jefferson Parish, um, there are many different cities and municipalities within the parish. So getting the loan, I could have chosen any particular city: Metairie, Gretna, Westwego, Harvey. But I chose the city of Kenner. Um, And I chose the city of Kenner because one, I was born and raised in. some folks don't like North side versus South side of Kenner, but I was born and raised in the South side of Kenner. And I truly believe the South side of Kenner needs people like myself um, and others who are born and raised to kind of come back, give back. So I was so excited to get this loan in order to encourage all of the young black girls under me all of the minority girls, all the white, like just all of the young girls yes. to see, wow, one, it's one thing to see like Beyonce and Michelle Obama on TV and never be able to personally see them, right? And touch them. It's another thing to have somebody born and raised in your community, come back to the community and establish herself. And for some folks, they believe I'm super successful, right? Um but have like a tangible object to touch, to yeah. touch. Like, so I wanted to make sure that getting the loan wasn't just like, okay, I'm starting a business. Woohoo. I wanted to start a business in a community that I feel like is underserved and underappreciated to a certain extent in order to show young girls that we rock. We can do any and all things. So for me, getting the loan meant everything. It was the start of who knows what God has in my future, but I'm all aboard riding this train until the wheels fall off. But what it did was just uncover and reveal a deeper passion than what I ever knew existed within myself.
1: Amazing. And do you find that um, you, what has what your response been, or what has the, re- the community response been to, to your business being there? I mean, I'm, I'm, has it been what you kind of imagined it would be?
0: Well, I super love it. Um, the plus is this. There are thousands of attorneys, <laughs> thousands, especially in the state of Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, some people become attorneys for a financial gain. Um, I became an attorney because when I was young, growing up, right? South side of Kenner, off of Fillmore Street. I would see some injustices in the world, um, good and bad. Uh And I wanted to be the person to be an advocate because I feel like if minorities are educated a little bit better, the world will be a little bit better as well. So my community loved and appreciated and I mean, they're coming in and they're supporting me because it's more than money. Like when you come in for a consultation, I'm there to educate you because I want you to leave a little bit better than when you walked in. So um, my community embraces me because they know that Jihad is just not trying to take our money. I mean, any attorney can charge you a arm and a leg. My prices are reasonable. you are supposed to be able to hire an attorney for a moment in time that occurs in your life. Um, I feel like hiring an attorney for a moment in time in your life should not be a cost that carries on for years. So my prices, um, the interaction, the down to earth mentality that I have draws my community in um, which they love and appreciate and that's what I think makes me stand out from others.
1: Um, What and I think you just sort of touched upon this but what is your favorite part about the work that you do? Why is this why is this so important to you?
0: This has always been important and yeah I did touch on it but again it is the whole being an advocate for the folks that don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Far too many times, some educated folks take advantage of uneducated, underprivileged, right? Again, we talked earlier about my faith and the fact that Jefferson Highway is named after Reverend Richard Wilson, my great grandfather. So a foundation of Christianity, understanding God. I believe in heaven and hell. I believe in karma um, In the fact that I have kids and I don't want anything negative to come back on them. Being that advocate, a zealous advocate Um, I kind of call a spade a spade. When you come in here, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it for you. Um, I'm gonna tell you what the law is. And if you don't like my approach, I tell them, hey, look, there are thousands out there for you to go hire." But this is the honesty, this is the real, and you can either take it for what it is or not. So for me, it's it's being a zealous advocate for the underprivileged and understanding that them coming to you is a moment in time in their life, but hopefully you'll make it a memorable moment in time in their life, not because of the issue that they're going through, but because of the relationship that you establish with them, that they'll remember you forever.
1: And what I love so much about this and what I think I'm hearing is that you are transparent, you're a transparent advocate that is also, I mean, you just care, you care. Yes. To- I mean, I think that just comes through in this conversation is how much you care about these people that you are, that you are working for and with, and these are, and these are people that were, you know, neighbors growing up and, you know, these are your, this is your community.
0: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely absolutely so look i am always on instagram on facebook i'm always saying pound just a girl from kenna because i am and um if you know my model here it's yes it's personal um because i again i i do the unfathomable and that is every client has my personal sale i don't have two different cell phone numbers i have one cell phone um because it's that serious for me you're not just the number You're not just a dollar figure that's walking in to my door. Like, no, um, whether I will reach you legally or spiritually, you're going to walk out and you're going to say there's something amazing about her. So that's what it is for me. Just a girl from Canada. And yes, it's
1: personal. I think I want to sort of dive into this, go in this direction, because you mentioned that you have children and that uh-huh. everybody has your cell phone number. So you have yes. two kids, you're running a business, um, uh-huh. you're involved in a bunch of different organizations and nonprofits and boards. So how do you do it? How do you manage your time?
0: That's called God. <laughs> Um, That is called God. That is called having an amazing support system, an amazing foundation. Um, I am nothing without my mom, my dad, and my sister. Um, And my two brothers, one is a master sergeant. He's in Alabama. And my other, I call him my little big brother. He's a sergeant with East Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office. So he's in Baton Rouge. The other one's in Alabama. So my mom, my dad, and my sister allow for me to be able to be mom, but also assist me with the children. My 12-year-old is now old enough for her to understand the dynamics of serving, giving back to the community, being that advocate. So I have her running around and doing a lot as well. And my three-year-old, he's a little boy and he's just three. So again, I can do all of this because I have an amazing support team. One of the other things
1: I really want to talk about, and we've touched upon this a little bit already, but so you're a minority-owned, woman-owned business. You have children. You have all these things that you're doing. We just hosted a women in leadership panel um, at the end of March, where a group of local business owners talked about juggling work-life balance and being leaders in male-dominated industries. Can you talk about some of your experiences being a, a woman business owner, a boss lady, if you will, um, and what challenges you've you faced? <sighs>
0: Well, let's go back. I think, you know, going to law school, um, I saw a lot of young Black women in law school with me. So when I actually got out into the industry, right, the legal field as an attorney, in Jefferson Parish, I really didn't see as many Black women-owned businesses, especially law firms. So that was like a foreign language. The difficulties have been... Oof, so much. One, um, in Jefferson Parish alone, there aren't that many Black female plaintiff's attorneys, Mm -hmm. let alone Black female-owned plaintiff's firms. And again, we do a little defense traffic tickets wise. So you have to assert yourself in ways sometimes that, you know, it's really not becoming of a woman for some people, okay? <laughs> um, so I like to tell everybody, you know, I'm a boss. I like to smile and laugh, but don't cross me. And I think when you are a boss lady, especially here where my existence is very far, few in between, mm-hmm. you have no choice. You're either gonna rise to the occasion or you're going to fail and i don't have that luxury to fail um i have kids dependent on me i have staff have my family um i have always risen to the occasion um being a boss lady is just equivalent to being that leader either you're born with it or you're not i've always been born with it it's in me so um fighting to be seen and heard in a male-dominant world, business, um, the legal field here in Jefferson Parish is nothing new when you've been doing it your entire life. That's, I mean,
1: and that's a really a good point, and I think that sort of mirrors some of what the women who were on our panel said, too, is that you just have to you know, assert yourself and believe in yourself and like yeah. have that confidence. And it's mm-hmm. it can be really hard for women to do yeah. that sometimes. And so I, I, I really love whenever I have women on the show to ask these kinds of questions because, you know, we want other other women who are listening to to know that this is something that that is possible. Yes, it is.
0: Like it is possible to wear um, two hats when you own something you wear those hats, you wear those different faces, because you still are a woman, you know? Um, and whether it's behind closed doors with your significant other, or in outside of you wearing that boss hat, you are a woman. And again, society expects us to act a certain kind of way. But in the same breath, once I have that boss lady hat on, I am an alpha female. Mm-hmm. And I am here, a lioness, and I am roaring and you're going to see me and I am going to jump, dance, skip, but I will be heard. You will respect me. And then when that's done, I'm back to my dainty jihada So I'm always telling people, don't let the smile fool you. Please don't. Oh what are you most proud of? You know, I've been thinking about this. You know, I'm most proud of being a mom, but what... Above that is the fact that no matter how many times I've fallen, I've always risen again. Mm-hmm. Some people don't understand how to tackle defeat, how to rise to the occasion of sometimes not always getting what you want. Um, for me, I am most proud of being able to dust myself off. Um, and I know that's probably a little shocking, but the totality of everything that I've been through in my life, I've could've, i could have, I could have checked out a long time ago. So I'm most proud of the fact that I've never given up. That's an amazing statement to make. And I,
1: I, I always like to think of it as like, you know, sometimes failure is actually an opportunity for growth or just because one door closes, another one opens. You know all of those like statements. Right. Like that. I mean, it, it sounds like that is just sort of the kind of mentality that you've always had: is that you're not going to, you're not going to let
0: failure or challenges get in your way. I think growth has brought me there. As a young woman, as a teenager, as a preteen, you know, you kind of endure the whole peer pressure. Um, you try to stay on the straight and narrow path. Um, and you're always, for me at least, God, I'm doing everything right. I don't understand. How is it that, you know, here I am living a holy life, doing everything right by the Bible and Joe Schmo is doing X, Y, Z, and they're so super successful. It took until I went to a sermon, um, by Pastor Luter at Franklin Avenue Baptist Church. Um, I had taken the bar two times. And I was like, God, I don't understand. Like, I've done everything right by you. Like, why do I have to fight so hard? And then when I went to church that Sunday, it was like, God knew I was gonna be there. The pastor knew I was gonna be there because I needed to hear that that's God testing you. Um, That if you're not being tested, then you should question your faith. Um, I legitimately had to understand and have like those conversations with me and God. Like I understand God that you're putting me through this fire, but for what, what am I supposed to get? Give me new eyes so that I can understand and appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Looking back on some of the challenges that I've had, that I have endured, it was so that he would make me stronger. Mm-hmm. so that when he granted me my heart's desires that I would knew, know how to handle it, um, that I would be humble. Um, humility is like a major aspect of just understanding God's grace and being able to kind of push through life. Mm-hmm. So literally, I am trying to tell you that you've fallen and you having to climb the highest mountains sometimes in your life and in the highest valley sometimes in your life, it's not for you. It is for what God has for your future that you can't see so that you can be that testimony for young women and for young girls because now you have a story to tell. Nobody understands you unless you can relate. Mm-hmm. And if you have no relatable stories, then what is your meaning? What is your purpose? So for me that's that's what it is.
2: Yeah.
1: That's an incredible perspective and I love that growth through adversity is is I mean that's that is a key component I've you know when you're reading scripture that's something that you see over and over again is that yes. kind of you know it, you don't just always get everything you want. Sometimes you have to go through the fire to get there. So
0: absolutely, (laughs)
1: absolutely. I love that perspective, that's fantastic.
0: Um, What is some of the best advice that you've ever gotten? Be humble, work hard. Um, My dad, my dad is an amazing father. I say that he's an amazing father because he didn't grow up with his dad. My grandmother and my grandfather were not married But through my dad's life's challenges, he's been an amazing father. And one of the things that he's always told us is the seven Ps, and that is pre-proud preparation prevents piss-poor performance. (laughs) So since we were little, he has preached that and preached that and preached that to us. And again, it sticks. I'm 37, and I know that backwards and forwards. Humility and understand that nothing is given. You have to work for it. And in that is those seven Ps, right? If you're not preparing, uh, if you're not putting in the work, if you're not putting in the effort, don't expect things to be given to you. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, it's a culmination of those different lessons have gotten me through it and have been the best forms of advice. And to that end,
1: what kind of advice is that? The same sort of advice that you would give other female entrepreneurs who dream of owning their own businesses. What kind? What would you say to young girls who, who wanted,
0: who want to be like you and want to do what you do? One, don't give up. To the road, your road and your path is will not be like your friend's road and path. Understand that what God has for your future, you don't know it yet, but He is. Uh, getting you prepared for an ultimate blessing. And with that end result of this ultimate blessing, you're gonna have to endure some hardships. For some folks, it'll probably be easy. Um, For majority, especially the ones that look like me, you're probably not my color, but a minority woman, it will not be easy. Don't give up, don't give up. <laughs> this two shall pass is what i generally tell my office when we have a challenge this two shall pass and you will be so humbled and what you will e- essentially receive will be something so abundant that you didn't even grasp it when you first dreamt it so i am going to tell you don't give up don't give up you are just fantastic i love oh,
1: thank you i love your outlook i love your story um you said you wanted to be a judge. So what yes. what happens to get you to that next step? Where,
0: how do you get there? And where are you in that process? <laughs> well, you have to be elected in. And honestly, I've been like, you know, I wanted to be Jefferson Parish Live. I, I don't know where God has me for future perspectives as it relates to where I'm really gonna call home home. Um, But wherever I call home, depending on if it's Jefferson Parish or an outside parish, you have to establish, you know, your residency there. So generally two years, you have to live there before you run. Um, Depending on what type of judge you're running for, um, you have to practice for 10 years. So I am only year five out, Uh, although I have been doing this for 14 years in the legal field now. So I'll be like 41, 42, something like that when I am ready. Uh, but I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I am important. ready to change the face of the criminal justice system in our communities, in our parish and, and be better for it. That's Thank so, so you. great. And then <laughs> last question is, is there
1: anything that you'd like to share that I haven't asked? Anything that, that I missed during this conversation?
0: I think that it would be awesome Especially when COVID is over, for JETCO to kind of get out to some of our high school seniors and some of our colleges to actually open the door publicity wise so that the constituents in the parish know that JETCO exists even if you kind of just do um an appearance at some of the different high schools a great idea. Or do like a a senior night for college night or something a JCO has a tent whatever high school is hosting a college yes. night yeah i mean some of your multimillionaires, your bill gates folks um they never went to college you know mm-hmm. but in the same breath their family may not have the means Um, They may not really truly understand how to get that out there and actually fulfill their passion or aspirations. So I feel like if you can start there and give a child a glimmer of hope. Then again, I'm all on this whole the world will be a little bit better. And I think what's happening with New Orleans and and their young kids and I hope you know Jefferson Parish young kids is that they don't believe that glimmer of hope exists. Yeah, you know, they have dreams and aspirations, but there's no guidance because their family didn't know. Yeah, I, I
1: really like that. And so one of the things, the whole purpose of this, this season of the podcast and our campaign too, is also to raise some awareness about the financing programs. I mean, what they do for business community, what they do for a business is just, I
0: mean, it's, it can be life-changing. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, it's about giving that glimmer of hope, and Jedco did it for me, because we all need that that hope. We all need to see that shining star somewhere. Yeah, I love that, um, and I think
1: that is a perfect place to to end. I, I've we've taught we've talked so much about so many different things. Um, yeah. I am so grateful for your time and your story mm-hmm. and. Um, just your enthusiasm and how inspiring you are. This has been really just an absolute delight. So thank you so much for for. Thank you for, for having
0: me. I appreciate it. Stay safe and God bless.
1: A special thanks to Jahida for taking time out of her incredibly busy schedule to be on the show. We love working with passionate business owners like Jahida to make their dreams a reality. We'll share links to the law office of Lewis Crawford and JEDCO's financing options in the show notes. If this is your first time tuning into the show, there are plenty more episodes where this one came from. Our episodes are released on Thursdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you stream your favorite podcasts. If you like our show, feel free to leave us a rating or a review. Those reviews help others find our show and listen in. We share links to all of our episodes on our social media platforms. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Jedco underscore news and on Facebook at Jefferson Parish Economic Development. We are also on LinkedIn and you can visit our website at Jedco.org. If you have feedback about the show or if you'd like to recommend a guest, please email me at kscram at jedco.org. As always, thank you so much for listening. See you back here next time.